Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Liverpool Comedy Improv Cast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and today's guest is the fountain of improv knowledge that is Jen Hardy. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. Now it's time to go off script and find out Jen's true story about making stuff up. And please welcome this week's guest. It's Jen. Welcome, Jen. Hi. Hi, Ian. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And I'm super excited to get to talk to you today and find out all about your improv journey. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> now, you are actually someone that's kind of featured on the show before because I did interview your mum a while back and she did speak a little bit about you then. Uh, but this is the first time we're actually having a conversation ourselves. So I'm super excited just to find out about you and improv and, and all the other things that we might talk about. Well, I think, yeah, it's, my mum's a bit of a hard act to follow, really. Um, <laughs> anytime anyone meets my mum, I feel like they're ever so slightly disappointed when they meet me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, high praise indeed for your mum, if nothing else. <laughs> Liz the legend, you know. <laughs> So uh, let's let's find out about your improv journey just by finding out how you got into improv in the first place. Yeah, so it was, I was having a little think about this earlier. I think it's about four, maybe five years ago, my friend bought me um, a beginner's improv class kind of right. sessions. I think it was a birthday present. If he didn't buy them as a present, I just never paid him back. Um, <laughs> I remember it being a present. Um, so yeah, it was down in Birmingham with John Trevor and the Box of Frogs. So I started, did a beginner's class, did a second class, kind of got a bit hooked, going to jams and doing any class I could really. So that's how it started. Um, I think you have to do a few classes to realise it's not super weird. Um, <laughs> I think it takes a little bit of time to be like, okay, this is this is okay. So just the right amount of weird, right? So, but yeah, that's how I started. Um, I just never really stopped. And how old were you when you went to that first class? Um, that's a bit fast maths, isn't it? I think I was about 24. Okay. Yeah, 24, so, 25. So still pretty young. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited when when it's you know, younger people getting into improv because I just think like the younger you can get into it like the more you get to enjoy it through life yeah definitely and it seeps into other parts of your life doesn't it it kind of makes it work its way into your work life and kind of yeah. friendships and things and I mean give me a gin and tonic and I'll be getting anyone to play an improv game so <laughs> it doesn't really matter the context so before you went to that improv class that first time did you have much of a background in performing um well slightly um I did drama for GCSE if that counts um and I'm just generally very dramatic um <laughs> I mean yeah any given opportunity I'll hold court so um but my mum used to take us to theatre like all the time when we were younger um, and I um, have kind of spent a lot of my spare time going to theatres and things and going yeah. to shows. My sister's an actress. So it's kind of always been part of kind of my upbringing and family life. And then 
um I have a friend who did improv so I went to see her and kind of that's how me and my other friend were like oh this seems interesting we'll go along see what it's like um but I think until you properly do improv I don't think it compares to other types of theatre I don't think it compares to even watching it I think doing it such its own entity yeah and it's it's interesting as well because improv in, in many ways it is theatre but for many people it isn't theatre and it's quite far away from theatre particularly for for lots of uh you know proper thespians that don't want to dare go on stage without a script and and it's something that they're not into but the fact that you don't need an audience and i think that's something that's great about improv because most theater shows you need an audience to make it happen but improv you just need a a group of willing people i mean yeah take or leave an audience sometimes they're a hindrance right (laughs) um (laughs) no i think it, it and even that like improv just in your group and just having fun and going to classes is again another dimension of improv to doing an actual show um and I mean, I've done both and they're both different elements. Um, but yeah, I think because I was, I was part of an improv troupe when I was back in Birmingham. So that in itself, again, is like a whole different vibe. Yeah. Well, what was your troupe called? So we were called Wayward Souls. So it's myself, James, John and Lou. So um, we met at kind of John Trevor's classes and things and set up our own group. We did a long form show. Um, which we um, performed quite a few times around different bits of the country. Cool. Um, got some coaching and then the dreaded lockdown hit and um, we've kind of gone our separate ways and obviously now I'm back in Liverpool. But I think for me, like being part of an improv troupe is something really unique and special. The trust that you have in the Greek mind, yeah. I think it goes beyond improv, like especially if you've got a friendship, it makes it kind of, the fact that you can do good improv too, well, I thought it was good. Um, others who came to watch us might say otherwise, but the fact that you can do some fairly all right improv together is just kind of the icing on the cake, really. And how long into you doing improv was it until you discovered long form? Um, pretty early on. So between doing a level one and, 11, and a level two, I did um, a long form class. Um, at the Birmingham Improv Festival, which um, kind of happened most years in the summer. Um, and I was like, oh, this is good. Like, I can use things I've learned in short form yeah. in this. And I just get to be on stage for longer. Like, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> <laughs> and one of the exciting things for me today is I've never seen you perform. I've never played with you in improv in any way, shape or form. And I just want to try and find out what kind of improviser you are. So your mum, for example, is great with just coming up with awesome characters. And she'll, uh, when we're doing online stuff, she'll just appear and she's got like about seven different hats on and glasses and things like that. And she, she's really good at creating these characters. What kind of improviser are you? Um, I'd say it's fairly similar, but have less of a repertoire of objects to use um <laughs> I was at my mum's yesterday and like I dared to touch the uh the box with all of her hats and things in and yeah it doesn't go down very well it's very precious that box of things um but yeah I like character I'd say I'm all right at accents and things like that but I'm um 
I think I'm quite high energy as a performer. Right. Um, but I also like finding kind of human connection and improv. I think that's why I like long form. Short form, I've always I've come away from a game thinking, oh, what could that person do? What would it look like for, for me to see their life in 20 years' time or mm-hmm. to see them if they were sat waiting in a doctor's surgery rather than sat being the CEO at work or whatever? So I think people really interest me. And if anyone kind of is out with me in a social setting, they do get a bit annoyed because I'm such a people watcher. Um, but I think it benefits my improv because I just want to see what life's like through other people's kind of vision and shoes. So yeah, I'd say a lot of character, but maybe not as uh, eccentric as my mother. <laughs> <laughs> and during the lockdown, have you had uh, much opportunity to play online? Oh, Ian, I've been terrible. I haven't really. I've done that class with LCI and a little bit um, with Hoopla down in London. I did a few right. classes, but um, I've got a pretty intense job. So I spent quite a lot of my kind of working day on Teams and Zoom. Right. And um, telling employees that they should show us more than their eyebrows on Zoom and things. So um, the thought of then spending my evenings doing it felt a bit overwhelming. I watched quite a lot of improv. Um, and for example, kind of friends like Jen Kenny and things always doing shows. So there's always something to watch, but partaking in it wasn't really my bag. So I'm so glad that it's back in person. Yeah, and... It- have you had much chance to play in person since we've reached this point where we can? Yeah, so thankfully, um, I kind of timed moving home to Liverpool pretty well and um, doing stuff with Emma and LCI, kind of park prov and then Tuesday evenings, ah, cool. um, which have been really good fun. Um, and then hopefully going to start doing some stuff with some groups and things um, in the next few weeks. So. So yeah, I've got quite a bit of improv lined up, which is always exciting. Awesome. And the troupe you mentioned before, is that something that will still exist moving forwards? Um, probably not in its current format, but whether the four of us, I know if we're ever kind of in the same space again, um, that we probably couldn't couldn't resist passing a clap and uh, mm-hmm. doing the odd scene together. Awesome. And you mentioned you got a very busy job and that it was forcing you to sit there in Zoom meetings or team meetings all day. What What is the job that you do? Yeah, so I manage a project for Bernardo's, the children's charity. Oh, cool. Um, so it's like a counselling project for young people. Um, so I started it in the lockdown, actually. So it was only until not long ago that I kind of realised all my other colleagues had legs. Uh, <laughs> it was quite an odd experience. I guess you guys have found that in the Oikers as well. Like, you see someone's actual whole human body and how tall they are and things. So in my case, how short they are. Um, bit of a revelation sometimes, isn't it? It's a, yeah, it's a weird thing as well, sort of meeting people online and becoming friends with them. I remember yeah. speaking to my class last year about improv and just saying how much fun I was having doing improv and I've made these friends online. And I remember them saying, but sir, you tell us, don't make friends online. Don't, <laughs> don't be friends with people that you, that you don't know in person. And I was like, hmm, they raise a very good point here. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's pretty hard to catfish during an improv show. <laughs> yeah, so I had to sort of explain then in sort of great detail why what I was doing was okay compared to the things I've told them is not so okay. <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft kids. 
<laughs> so with uh, counseling youngsters, have, have you been able to sort of prescribe improv to any of them? So, yeah, so I kind of manage a team of counsellors. So my job's really kind of a step removed, but I spend a lot of time, um, I guess, trying to influence change and trying right. to make sure that kind of people who work with young people are seeing it from their point of view, which I guess is the whole philosophy of improv, right? And um, and making sure that actually we're not taking for granted the fact that someone else's perspective is different. Um, yeah. And sometimes just going along with that and being like, yeah, that's okay. We think different things and I'm going to support you in that. So a lot of those kind of principles of improv are what I would implement in my job rather than kind of, I guess, set activities. Awesome. And I just want to scoot back around to something you said earlier about theatre. You mentioned that you used to go to theatre a lot. You're a big fan of the theatre. This is probably a really difficult question, but can you try and tell me what the best theatre show you've ever seen is? Oh, okay. This is a really easy one and probably an obvious one for a lot of people. Um, Hamilton, the musical. Oh, interesting. So I I assume everyone in the world loves it, but I know that isn't the case. But um, (laughs) but for me, how they can um, kind of rap, make me feel sad, make me feel happy, and dance on a flipping moving stage is (laughs) it just blows my absolute mind. and yeah, I'm a massive Lin Manuel Miranda fan, kind of in the Heights, which is out in the cinema at the moment. Yeah. Um, incredible. I just yeah, and Vivo, and it sounds like I work for Lin Manuel Miranda. I don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, anything kind of by him is yeah, that's definitely my bag. So you've seen the show in the actual theatre? Oh yeah, like yeah. in amongst my sobbing, I watched the show. Yeah. <laughs> Because I haven't actually seen that show. I love musicals in particular. And I've seen that show, but only the Disney Plus recorded version of it. And I don't know whether it's because I've just seen it that way. It didn't do it for me. And I was really surprised because there's everything about it that says, you know, I should love this show. But for some reason, it's not for me. Oh, I just love it. And I like, yeah, I know that some people have that opinion, but for me, it's just, but then that's like my opinion of Wicked. Eh, it's okay. But like Hamilton, oh, it's, it's the one. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you chose Wicked because I named that one as my favourite. Oh, I see. Let's <laughs> not get the theatre together, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> but I think for me with Wicked, it's, you know, I loved The Wizard of Oz growing up and it's it's explaining how this great character that we hated growing up became this character. So there, there's some great songs in it, but I think for me, it's it's the story element that just mm. just speaks to me. But, you know, oh, go on. No, I'm just all about the rotating stage. That's <laughs> but I think that's what's great about, about anything, really, whether it's theatre, films, books, you know, there's something for everyone. Yeah, definitely. And... In, like with theatre, and this is why I love improv, right? You can see the best improv show of your life and you're never going to see it again. And yeah. if you've gone either on your own or with a friend or a group, like you've shared that experience of something that no one else is going to see again. Um, and I don't know if you've um, 
heard of the improv troupe sex lies and improvisation but like some yes. of their shows have just left me absolutely like Alex and Rach like spellbound like it's just incredible to watch someone else's talent and know that you're the only people in that room who are ever going to see that show I just find it like it does baffle me yeah I actually did see them and I was blown away because it was really my first sort of look at long form I just knew improv as short form at the time. And then I, I watched this show and I was just mesmerized because it was, so, it drew me in with the emotion. And like to me at that point, improv was funny. And I was like, oh, it's not funny, yeah. it's really serious. Like I've, I've been on this great journey with these two characters. Yeah, and that's what I like about improv as well. It doesn't always have to be laugh a minute, but as I get to know that character, and you kind of bring me on a journey, I'm probably going to laugh. So that's okay. And I like that slow burn of long form um, because I don't, I'm, I'm not naturally laugh a minute hilarious. So short form mm -hmm. is good for a bit, but then it's like, there's a lot of pressure there. Whereas I think the more you do long form, the more you realise that you'll find the humour in the repetition or the callbacks or kind yeah. of, generally a character that you have got to know over 40 minutes doing something unexpected um which i think for me is like a bit of true joy and the format that you that you had with your troupe when you said you did uh, gigs with them what was that format how did you actually go about putting on a show uh, so we kind of invented our own format um based on um, kind of Groundhog Day slash Russian Doll. Is that okay. what it's called? So, um, you can tell it was me who invented the format. <laughs> um, shout out to John. Um, but it's, um, we kind of played out someone's life if it would have happened slightly differently. So also okay. the film Sliding Doors, if you've ever seen that. Yes, kind yeah. of if she gets on the train, she finds her boyfriend cheating. If she doesn't, she doesn't find him cheating. Um, so we did three beats and the first beat would be um, kind of if the choice that they were going to make happened. The second would be if it was slightly different. The third would be kind of a wild card. So the audience would give us kind of a choice or a decision that they're having to make. Okay. And we would have to make the choice. Um, and the show is called Grand Prof Day. Um, but yeah, it was a really fun format because we could kind of play with it a lot and... Um, choices like should I should I leave my job we'd kind of play out if they left their job if they stayed in their job if they created their own business and took everyone that works there with them for example yeah. um, and you get to see characters in different walks of life different elements where you wouldn't see them before um, because for me when you're doing something like Harold's or um Laronde or whatever I get quite kind of in my own head afterwards of like oh, maybe I could have got the character to do this maybe it would have looked better if they did this in their life and the format we had gave us that flexibility to kind of reset yeah cool. um after like 15 minutes so it was pretty nice and as a troupe how was it getting gigs was it difficult was it easy pretty easy I mean we, we never really got paid, which I think is always easier. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the improv community is so welcoming of new people and of new troops. 
and of each other and kind of we did several gigs around several different places in the country and people were always more than happy to have us um and we also did a few nights above a bar in Birmingham where we kind of hosted other troops as well and um I think once you've got a troop and you're starting to perform I think you you understand how tricky it can be sometimes to get time and space so you kind of give each other a leg up and help each other out and I I went to BIP, which is a British improv project. Oh, yeah. Back in 2019, which is kind of a whole weekend away, just doing improv and jamming. Um, don't ask me where it is. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> in a big house somewhere. Um, <laughs> but it, it's Ace and Jeff and, the, and Tommy put it on. Like, they're so accommodating and give you time to get to know each other and such a good place to network and be like, oh, I want to come and kind of do a gig up in Sheffield or down in London or in the Midlands and um so that gave us quite a leg up I think getting to know people a bit and I should say if people are interested in the British Improv project BIP it was project was it yeah oh it's gone out of my head for a second yeah uh if they go back and listen to the Jen Kenny episode of this show she talks about it in detail so they can find out all the information they need there Maybe I should go back and listen because I had already forgotten. <laughs> oh yeah, like if you want to know anything about improv, ask Jen Kelly. She's the absolute legend. Yeah, she she certainly is. Um, and I, I think something I've I've mentioned a few times. People like Jen Kenny. What's great is they play a lot, they facilitate a lot, and but they never stop learning. Like you'll see Jen yeah. Kenny at any sort of any class that's available if you turn up she's probably gonna be there she's just one of those that's always learning and that's that's a great thing to have if you are a facilitator in particular because you're always going to be able to to give new and fresh ideas to people that you're teaching yeah and I think every day is a school day especially with improv and that kind of idea that you're only as good as your last show is super relevant with improv because like if if you don't get back up on the horse if you've had a bit of a rubbish gig kind of you never will and we've all been there if you've performed you've all kind of tanked on stage or kind of not said yes enough or whatever um and actually the beauty of improv is that no no one's going to see that show again probably wasn't recorded so just crack on and go and learn again um which is also why I quite like it (laughs) (laughs) sometimes with improv as well if you are not in a great mood or for whatever reason you just you're not feeling great or you're under the weather it can really bring the best out of you still in a way that a normal acting show can't because if you if you're doing a show and you're doing a run and it gets repetitive and you're not feeling your best you're perhaps not going to be able to give it your best but with improv because you're always surprising yourself it, it just wakes up a different side of you and and it really can kick you into gear when nothing else can yeah, definitely. And the people, right? Like, I just find you get some, and I, this sounds bad, you get some absolute characters at improv in the best way possible. Um, and people that you would just never, ever meet. Like, and yeah, I just think it's ace to meet new people. Like, if you're, um, like, I live by myself quite recently, and it's just such a good opportunity to, like, go and make friends and get to know new people, especially in, like, a new city. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's worked the same way online. Like, as, as you know, I, I'm in a troupe with your mum, the Oikers, and improv brought 
this really random bunch of people together but it just works so well yeah definitely like I've um like obviously my mum's just recently retired and like the Oikas is a massive part of her life now and it's so nice to see um see her making mates and stuff online and that sounds strange doesn't it it's nice to see my mother making friends online (laughs) (laughs) and um speaking of your mum have you had much opportunity to actually improvise with your mum a little bit um so it was um Emma Bird's birthday shout out to Emma (laughs) and the other day so we did some improv um we did a jam above the fly and the loaf and it was good and me and my mum were there together it was the first time we've done indoor improv together um yeah it was sound we I think we deliberately try not to be in the same scenes together um but also we we do think fairly similarly so I think maybe you'd just end up with two people doing the same thing if we were in a scene together sometimes so but no (laughs) good um yeah like my mum got into improv because I brought her to an improv show but yeah I think she's uh She's excelled me at the moment anyway, because of all of her online improv, she's she's just wicked. Everyone should have a mum like my mum, she's ace. It's really cool to hear you talk about that. You've clearly got a, a very good relationship. Yeah, she's ace. We're very, very similar, um, <laughs> which is, is a good thing most of the time. Some days, not so much, but yeah, we're very similar. <laughs> so when you were younger, being so similar, did that make life blissful? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Never a row in our house. Um, <laughs> and my sister kind of is five years older than me, so right. I think the three of us together were. Um, I mean, none none of us are, are shy retiring people. So um, there was sometimes the odd stern word between us, but no, we all get on really well. Actually, it's nice. We've got shared interests. I think that's really important. Yeah. In so growing up, what kind of comedy were you subjected to like watching oh stuff that was far beyond what I was meant to watch I think having <laughs> a five year a sister who's five years older um but then also like Tommy Cooper and things like yeah. my mum um just loves Tommy Cooper and that kind of really clever comedy which um is made to look effortless yeah um I think is something that, and again, that's part of improv, right? It look, it should look effortless, but it's really complex. The yeah. fact that you tell people you do improv classes, they're like, yeah, but you just make stuff up. So yeah, but there's an absolute art and skills to it. Um, but you just don't see that in the audience and you shouldn't really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the kind of Tommy Coopers of the world, but then also I think kind of, the odd Frankie Boyle when my mum didn't know I was watching it kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you said earlier that you prefer the, the long form and that the, the the funny side of things isn't perhaps your your main uh, speciality in improv. But yeah, do you do you draw on? any of the comedians that you watch grown up or watch now do they inspire the comedy that you're doing oh definitely and I think the fit so the physicality of comedy so kind of your um smack the pony um kind of sketch show elements of comedy and female comedians um yeah. kind of Dawn French Jennifer Saunders kind of thing for me it's 
I, I want to, I guess, bring that into improv and make make the everyday seem funny, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was John Trevor once told me, kind of, if you aim for comedy and miss, then you've got nothing. <laughs> if you aim for theatre and you miss, you get comedy. So kind of, I I never go into an improv scene trying to be funny. Yeah. But if you go into it and try and be honest and authentic and real um, and just generally say the first thing in your head, um, the likelihood is there will be a laugh because it'll either be familiar to somebody or completely out of the blue and you'll take them by surprise. So, yeah, I think if I aim to be funny, I'm normally rubbish. If I aim to just be authentic, there's the odd laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really good advice. Thanks. <laughs> I'm sure people will uh, really take that on board. It's good advice. Thanks. Um, I just want to ask about short form now. So short oh, yeah. form improv. Are there any games that you absolutely hate? Um, anything to do with singing or okay. I I don't know what it is, but I almost like malfunction when those happen. Like I just have an absolute melt. Like I just can't rhyme. But I can rhyme. Like, I love a good rhyming game or singing game if I'm alone in my car and a long journey down the M6. Yeah. But put me in front of other people and you're like, let's do a hoedown. I'm like, no. Um, <laughs> let's do a rhyming game. No. Um, so, yeah, and I'm sure anyone who's done a class with me will, like, agree that I just honestly just freeze and melt. Um, but, yeah, they're the two things that really stress me. So any opportunity, I'll ask if we can play the alphabet game or pan left, because that is the zone in which I am comfortable. <laughs> okay. So speaking about the alphabet game, have you played the alphabet game in different formats? For example, playing it backwards or skipping letters, things like that? Yeah. So we, we used to use this when we were in the Wayward Souls as a bit of a warm-up for ourselves. Um, and we would do it where kind of one person can only say one word. We'd do it where you had to say um, kind of only, you could only use an accent. Lots of different like additions into the game. Um, yeah. And yeah, backwards, skipping letters. Um, yeah, it's pretty tricky. But I, I used to be a teacher in early years. So hopefully my alphabet isn't too bad. <laughs> When you're watching it, right, and you're, like, trying to mouth the alphabet to somebody, but then yeah. as soon as you're on the stage, it's like, I don't know what comes after A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird how sometimes in improv, our brain helps us out of the most difficult of situations, yet sometimes the real, the real basics, we just go <laughs> blank on. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I've had it where someone's like, and now I'm going to hand over to Jen, and I'm like, who's Jen? Oh, me. Forgot my own name. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting thing, actually. So how do you feel about people calling you by your actual name in an improv scene? Oh, I would much prefer being my actual name. Oh, it's really? when people go really left field with names on stage um, or give you a name that you hadn't envisaged for that character. So <laughs> you might be playing someone really old and they're like, here's Jamie Lee. And you're like, oh, that's not an old name. Um, sorry to all the old Jamie Lees out there, but <laughs> you know, like sometimes a name can really throw me, I think. Um, and I don't have the greatest memory for names in general life. So 
yeah, it's it's definitely a skill is learning names on stage. See, for me, when I, when I get endowed with my own name, it kind of freaks me out a little bit because then I think, oh, am I playing a character or am I playing me? So if I'm being weird, do people think that, that I'm weird? So I'd much rather just have a different name because then it's it's very easy to say, yes, that is a character I'm playing. The worst is when you get endowed with the name of someone else that you're on stage with at some point. So uh, like, we have done it before in Wayward Souls where I was endowed with the name Lou and playing with Lou and we're like, who are you talking to? So yeah, names can be tricky. Yeah, and in some ways, some names have like a stereotype attached to them. So you get given a name, you think, oh, well, that person is obviously going to speak like this. Yeah. Yeah, like call me a Karen and I'll complain. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for me as a as a primary school teacher as well, I've obviously encountered many names over oh, the yeah. years. So it's very hard to get away from uh, sort of faces when a name comes to you, you, you see that all the faces of all of the people you've encountered over the years, all the children, and then you think, ah, so sometimes it can be good because you think, oh, there's a bit of inspiration. And sometimes you're like, no, I need something fresh. Get out of my head, yeah, child. A repertoire of Ethan's in my head and things. You're like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> so how long do you think you were doing improv before you had this penny drop moment where you think, yes, I really get this? Um, so I, when I actually thought it and when it actually happened to different things, so um, so Kate Knight told me this once, who's an amazing, amazing improviser from Birmingham, um, that you'll reach a peak fairly early in improv and think, yeah, I've got this, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm amazing. And then you'll either do a class or you'll do a show or you'll watch someone who's like professional and you'll go, oh my goodness, I know nothing. So you'll have like your epiphany and then a massive dip. And then you have to get yourself back out of it as soon as you can until at some point you'll reach an actual kind of, oh, okay, I do know what I'm doing. And for me, I think fairly early on, I did that like, oh, I've got this. I'm pretty chill at this. I can get up in a jam and make people laugh. And then I started doing more long form and I was like, this is really hard. And um, like, how on earth do you edit properly? Or how do you do this? Or how do you do good object work? And then it's only, I guess, fairly recently um, doing a lot of reading around improv because I'm quite an improv nerd. I like to read a good improv okay. book um, that I was like, no, I do know. I do know what this is about and I do get the ethos of it. And I think and I know kind of um, David Escobedo and the improv boost and things talk a lot about kind of it's not just about what you do on stage. It's about everything that surrounds that isn't it and the ethos yeah. of it and once you get that then for me that's when the penny kind of dropped that it's something that I won't stop doing. So you've said that you've read up a lot and that you're a bit of an improv nerd what are some of the key takeaways from the things that you've read about improv that really stick with you? Um, yeah so, so one of them is about um, not going in just for the funny, but going in for the connection. And that human connection often brings with it the comedy. Yeah. Um, and then quite a lot of the stuff that I read is around how to, how to build a world that 
someone else in the audience can relate to. There's always something someone can relate to, however weird the world is. So you could be acting that you're in the moon, but there's always something that someone in an audience can feel like that speaks to them or that's part of them. Whether that's the fact that even though you're on the moon with your fellow, he still leaves his towel on the bathroom floor or do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter yeah. what that is, but there's always something in a scene that should bring someone in the audience with you. I think that's really important. Um, and to take it slow, um, when you're in a scene, it's so easy to like fleet, isn't it? And be like, right, I'm going to dig a new hole, add a new piece of information, do this. But I think I, I had someone either told me or I read it in a book um, that it's better to build one six foot hole than six one foot holes. Okay. And you'd rather have one thing which you can all hook onto, which is going really well and you can dig into. Yeah. There's lots of things going on at once and no one's really got any connection to any of it. But we do that because we panic. Yeah. <laughs> That's really and good we, advice. We introduce new information or new characters or we pretend that we're in a completely different environment because we're like, oh, what if no one's enjoying what I'm doing? Yeah. But the likelihood is they are. Or you are at least. <laughs> so can you name uh, some of the books that you've been reading? Uh, give people some pointers? What to look for? I've got some in front of me. Oh, excellent. I'm, I'm not um, <laughs> so improvisation at the speed of life is really good. Um, the improv book, um, improvising better. One that I'm reading at the minute, which is awesome, which is by Pippa Evans, who is in um, the musical improv troupe. Um, <laughs> what are they called? I don't um, know. <laughs> yeah um it's called improvise your life um well improv your life um so it's an improviser's guide to embracing whatever life throws at you and honestly it's awesome um why can't i remember the name of the improv troupe um <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah pippa evans really good improviser and it speaks a lot about how improv can benefit other elements of your life basically and how it's okay. not just a kind of a one hour class or whatever um but no it's ace it's really really good um but yeah most in every improv group book that i've read to be honest has been really good awesome i, mean, I bet everyone's googling now. oh showstoppers showstoppers oh, oh i know Jen. who you mean i know who you mean <laughs> Uh, is it, yeah, so people can certainly get searching those books and get looking at Showstoppers. Uh, I, I saw that they were doing some pretty impressive things during lockdown, Showstoppers. Yeah, they did Eurovision and improvised Eurovision on uh, YouTube and like Facebook Live and stuff, which was really good fun. Um, and if you've never seen Showstoppers, now I'm going to keep saying their name because I forgot. Um, <laughs> if you've never seen them live, they're so good. They do a full like West End musical based on um, musical suggestions and words. Mm. Um, and they're just beyond talented. Um, but all the music's improvised and everything. It's just, yeah, mind blowing. When you go and see them, you think, I know nothing about improv. Um, and they know everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that's called imposter syndrome, right? Everyone gets that oh at my some God, point. 100%. <laughs> 
but they're so good and ostentatious if people have never seen ostentatious they do a full um Jane Austen inspired show um in in London and they travel and they are incredible so yeah people listening uh, check out those shows they are they are really good you know people in the emperor of the world speak about those shows all the time so definitely worth checking out yeah if you yeah if you want to kind of and get in touch with them they're such a nice group of people um like Pippa and Rachel Paris and things like they're always kind of willing to have a chat as well and they run classes and um so it's not like they're too far removed from the kind of everyday improv community they're always um willing to chat as well or in my experience they are if they don't chat to you don't blame me <laughs> <laughs> and Rachel uh, she does some stand-ups well doesn't she yeah yeah she's real real good real funny yeah and because I've seen her incorporate some really great music into her sets yeah but yeah I just think there's a the improv scene's growing in this country and it's but it's never too far away to just get in touch with someone and be like are you running a class or can I ask you a question or whatever I think there's always it's such a welcoming safe community yeah Awesome. And that seems like a great place to finish. But just before we go, have you got um, social media that you want to advertise where people can contact you to improvise in some way? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I've just got, am I meant to know what my own Instagram handle is? I don't know. <laughs> I've got Facebook and Instagram, but I'm sure that Ian can tag me in something. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not the most technically minded person, if you've not noticed. Um, <laughs> but um. But yeah, I'm back in Liverpool, so if anyone's up this end and would like to improvise, and I spend quite a lot of time in the Midlands as well, um, and come to BIP if you're not coming, and let's hang out. Awesome. Well, super. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and I hope to improvise with you soon. Oh, thanks so much, Ian. Take care. Bye. Well, there we go. Another fantastic episode in the bag. Thank you so much to Jen. It was really great to get to talk to you about improv. You really are a fountain of knowledge about improv. And I learned a lot from just having that conversation. And I hope lots of other people that were listening can take lots of information away from this, whether it's books to read or people to check out on the improv scene. It was really insightful. So thank you very much for that. I think it's really important. We spoke there about the importance of improv being a journey you're always learning and i think whether it's through books or whether it's through looking at things online or just watching other people perform and, and how they go about it if we're always evolving it's always going to be exciting and it's never going to get stale i think that's really important in any kind of performing ability to keep evolving and not get stale so some really great advice from Jen today thank you so much for that I hope everyone that was listening can take something away from this that you can put into your improv tool belt and it'll help move you forwards in some way 
Now, if you're interested in getting into improv or are already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene, then all the info you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv and on Twitter and Instagram we are at Live Comedy Improv. We also have a Facebook page for the show, so just search on Facebook for the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast and you'll find links to all of the episodes there and trailers dropped every week as well. Follow the page, give us a like, give us a share, anything that you can do to help the show will really help us. And if you are a member of the LCI community and you'd like to be a guest on the show, then please get in touch with me or with Emma and we'll make the arrangements as soon as possible. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to subscribe to the show give us a five-star review share it do whatever you can to just help give us a boost and get our name out there i myself i'm on social media on facebook twitter instagram and youtube and if you want to find out what i'm up to on the online world just search for at ian luke jones my youtube channel in particular has got loads of content on there that'll hopefully tickle your taste buds because there's all sorts of stuff on there check it out you might find something you like and that's pretty much it this week again thanks to jen a great chat more great chats coming to you over the next few weeks thank you very much for listening but before i go here are some words that as always are wise 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 always remember whatever the situation to treat life like improv and yes and